Well, we're reaching the, what I think will be the last of short series on problem passages made plain. And uh, we're looking tonight at the meaning of the last trumpet. Now we know there are seven trumpets to be sounded as we have recorded in the book of Revelation. But they're all to be blown in the great tribulation yet to come. So is this last trumpet we're going to look at among those trumpets of the great tribulation? If that is true, which it isn't, the church will go through the great tribulation, which it will not. So therefore that has to have a different meaning than to be any of the seven trumpets in the book of Revelation. hope that's clear. So let's look, first of all, familiar scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and then let's move on to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 familiar scriptures of course first of all 1 Corinthians 15 which is this wonderful chapter long one about the resurrection so let's uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 Let's look, uh, chapter on the resurrection as we know, let's have a look um, from 50, verse 50. I think we'll start there in verse 50. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep and not all die, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible is put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of the sin is all. But thanks be to God who gives us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now there you have that in verse 52 the sound of the last trumpet. Now let's go over then please to 1 Thessalonians, familiar scripture, from verse 13 to the end of verse 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, from verse 13 to the end. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, those who have died, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this I say to you by the word of the Lord, that's his authority, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede, or you may have prevented in the A.V., but the word is precede or come before those who are asleep, those who have died. 
For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. The last trumpet, the trumpet of God. Well, there are sincere believers who believe that the last trumpet, the Lord coming through the church to meet the Lord in the air, is the last trumpet of Revelation 11, verse 15. I'll read it. The seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And they confused that trumpet, the seventh, with the trumpet we read of in 1 Corinthians 15, 52. In a moment, drink around the last trumpet. Trumpets will sound dead and raised in corrupt and so on. But there's no sufficient evidence to link the last trumpet in 1 Corinthians 15 for the church and the last trumpet during the awful times of the Great Tribulation, right at the end of it, when the Lord is coming. There's no evidence to link the two together. There's no reason why they should be linked together. Because one concerns the church, the other one concerns the judgments of God in the book of Revelation. There's no link between the two. We shall not experience those awful times of the great tribulation. Mm-hmm. Lord has promised to take us out before. But that's not a thought for this evening. So the trumpets, the last trumpet, Revelation 11.15, which will herald in the coming of the Lord to establish his kingdom on the earth millennium, it is what is called an apocalyptic trumpet. The, the apocalypse, the revelation. That's the apocalyptic, the, the apocalypse, the revealing, the unveiling of all those things yet to come. And therefore they believe, these believers, contrary to us, believe therefore the church will at least go halfway through the tribulation until these trumpets sound. Others, of course, believe we go right through the Great Tribulation. But there's so much evidence in the Scriptures say we're going to be taken out from the wrath to come. And the wrath is not hell. The wrath is the seven-year period of the day of Jacob's trouble, the Great Tribulation. We're not going to be in it. That's in First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10, chapter 5, verse 9, Romans 5, verse 9, and Revelation 3, 10. You can look it up in your own time. It's been recorded anyway. The trumpets of the book of Revelation all relate to judgments, don't they? Even the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ at the seventh trumpet is going to be the judgment of the living nations before he sets up his kingdom. So those trumpets of Revelation are trumpets of judgment, not rapture or resurrection for the church. The church is not in the book of Revelation. You'll not find it there after chapter 3 about the seven churches. The church is not mentioned again until chapter 19 when we're called the bride, coming with the Lord. The church is just not in there. Well, we leave that for the moment. So when the Apostle Paul spoke of this last trumpet in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 52, he could not possibly know that John would write the book of Revelation as indicated by the Lord, by the Holy Spirit in his revelation, about 40 years later. 
he wouldn't know about these seven trumpets. It wasn't revealed to Paul. It was revealed to John, the apostle, on the island of Patmos when he wrote the book of Revelation. So he wouldn't expect to understand that there are seven more trumpets yet to come, but all of judgment. He thought that the trumpet of the Lord coming of the church was the last one. And it speaks about the last trumpet, but it's the last trumpet for the church, not the trumpets of judgment in the book of Revelation. Totally distinct, totally distinct. And you see, those trumpets relate to angels blowing and coming to judge in the book of Revelation. But it doesn't say that the angel blows a trumpet in 1 Corinthians or 1 Thessalonians 4. It's called the trumpet of God. He blows the trumpet. The shofar, if you like. 1 Thessalonians 4.16. You've got the page open there. Look at it now. That's where we were just now. 1 Thessalonians 4.16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. He is the one to sound it. Not the angels. There's no angels sounding the trumpet here. It's the voice of the archangel. And there's only one. That's Michael. So there's a difference there. And it will be about 40 years between the Apostle Paul writing this and the book of Revelation written by John as directed by the Lord. So that's very important. And in Revelation... And those trumpet judgments, there is no hint at the Lord's coming in those trumpet judgments. Not a hint of the Lord's coming. And the seventh trumpet announces his kingdom to come, which the Lord was certainly announced. But that can't be the one in 1 Thessalonians 4. There's 40 years difference between them. There's no hint there. If you go to look at Revelation 11.15, we've been talking about it, so let's just look at it. Revelation 11 and verse 15. There we are. Revelation 11 verse 15. Remember that uh, even this trumpet is not the last one to be blown either. We'll come to that in a moment. There's yet one more after this. But well, let's see. Revelation 11:15. Then the seventh angel sounded. You see, the angel was blowing the trumpets. And there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Notice that this is the seventh angel. That is sounded here. But you notice in verse 16, and the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshipped God. Now the 24 elders could well represent the church that are already with the Lord yet to come. We're there with him. And these no doubt represent the church here. Uh, twelve elders could be the twelve uh, apostles and the other twelve could be those of Israel worshipping the world who are already with him as believers in the Old Testament <coughs> that is possible so look back please for the last trumpet the very last one oh, even after this one in Revelation 11.15 go back to Matthew's Gospel please 
Matthew. And we want chapter 24. Matthew 24. Now this is, as you know, these two chapters, 24 and 25 of Matthew, are about the Great Tribulation period. <coughs> the church is not mentioned, because they're not in the Great Tribulation. Israel is mentioned, and the nations. They'll be here to face all this. And particularly, it is about the Great Tribulation. We just prove that if you look in chapter 24 and verse 21. Chapter 24 of Matthew, verse 21. Then there will be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. Nothing like this has ever happened before. But it is going to happen. Verse 15 speaks about the abomination of desolation, spoken by Daniel. That's when the Antichrist comes in and uh, pollutes the rebuilt temple, which is already to be built. But the verse we want is down in verse 31. And this relates to the Jewish people. God's judgment on the nations is here, in chapter 25 in particular. But here we've got the, in verse 30, let's start verse 30 for context. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. Then all the tribes or peoples of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, the second advent to the Mount of Olives. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, angels again, they will gather together his elect, that's Israel, from the four winds scattered over the world as they are, from one end of heaven to the other. That is the last trumpet as far as the nations, but this is particularly for Israel. So the seven trumpets are the judgments upon the earth, particularly Gentiles. And this final trumpet here, the very last one, is to be gathered the remnant of Israel back into the land of Israel. <coughs> you have to distinguish them all, certainly. So this is clearly about the final ingathering of the Jewish people back into Israel. And it relates to the second coming of Christ, as in verse 30. You've got that here. He's coming to reign upon the earth. Notice I said, if you look in Matthew 24, and look in verse 29 of Matthew 24, it says, immediately after the tribulation. So this is the end of it, or soon after. The sun will dark and the moon... I'll give his life style for him and so on. Then the sign of the Son of Man, second coming. After the seven years great tribulation. And the Lord regathers at the sound of the trumpet of the angels, gathering the remainder of Israel, Jewish people, back to that land. Now if you once leave it there now and go back to Revelation where we once were in chapter eleven, please. Go back to chapter eleven again. And this again gives a very strong proof. If you look in verse 19, the last verse of chapter 11 of Revelation, and verse 19, after the seventh trumpet, in verse 15, verse 19 says, Then the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple, 
and there were lightnings, noises, and thunderings, an earthquake, and great hell, as concerning the coming of the Lord. Now go back to chapter 10, verse 7. Chapter 10, verse 7. In the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, which is chapter 11, 15, when he is about to sound, not going to sound it yet, the mystery of God will be finished as he declared to his servants the prophets. In other words, there's a period of waiting for the command to the angel to blow that particular trumpet. Therefore, there is a period of time to be ready. Now, when the Lord comes to his churches like that, there's no period of waiting time once the announcement of the Lord's coming and the trumpet, the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God, he comes instantly. Here there's a period of waiting time. See the distinction between the trumpets? I'm labouring the point a bit, but I just want to show that. Seven angels delivering these final seven bowls at the sound of the angels' trumpets. So this seventh trumpet and the preparation of sounded is awaiting the coming of the Lord to judge the Gentile nations and also judge to appoint the nation of Israel and bring the believing of Israel into his kingdom. And we should come back with them to enjoy it as well. So we must distinguish that the, these seven trumpets must be of judgment whereas the rapture and resurrection is a time of joy, not judgment. A time of joy, not judgment. It's a time of joy when we call it up to meet the Lord in the air. What a difference between judgment and joy. There's a difference we've got to distinguish as well. So remember Matthew 24, the trumpet sounding there, and bringing Israel back to the time of the second coming of the Lord to this earth, following the final seventh trumpet to be sounded over a period of time then it sounds but for the true church it's instant when the trumpet of God sounds we're gone like that as quick as we can wish arrive and quickly so there's a difference you see now this question of the last trumpet well this goes back to the Roman army actually let me read something to you several People who've written about this have referred to a very interesting um, set of events concerning a Roman army camp. So, when the Roman army camp was about to break up and move on, a first trumpet sounded. The first blast of the trumpet means strike tent, break down your tent, prepare to go. The second blast meant get into line to march off and when that was done the last trumpet sounded that's what be on the march three trumpets for the Roman army one, break up camp, get ready to go second trumpet get into line, ready to march the third one is, let's march away so the last trumpet means march away when the last trumpet comes to us we're marching away see the link we're going. <clears throat> Be prepared. 
Get ready. Four into line. Let's march. Interesting, isn't it? And no doubt, living in times of the Romans, of course, the Apostle Paul knew what all that was about. So that's interesting, isn't it? So the word last, actually, strange to say, the last trumpet does not mean the last trumpet to be sounded. It means the last trumpet as far as a certain section of God's planning comes to an end. That's us. The seven trumpets relate to the judgments of God and the very final trumpet will be the regathering later on of the rest of Israel back to the land. So there are a lot of trumpets, aren't there? But the last trumpet we're concerned about is the trumpet to march away. Caught up. Leave the Lord in the air. Quick as that. No time delay, no waiting period, we're going. We wait now, but when the trumpet sounds, there's no waiting. Mm. Off we go. So that's important. Now we know that in, uh, in the scriptures that are related to many, there are seven different types of resurrection. We'll go into that now. But this is about the resurrection of the church, of course. So, also, it's interesting. Who was the last person to see Jesus alive? I mean, resurrected body. Who was the last person? Was it disciples, the apostles? Yes. Paul. Or Saul of Tarsus. He was the last one. And the Lord used him to write about the last trumpet to gather up the church in an instant to march away. So that relates very important here. But you see, even the two witnesses in Revelation 11, well, you look in Revelation, you're there, aren't you, in Revelation 11, uh, you can see about the two witnesses um, in from chapter 11 and uh, verse 3. I will give power to my two witnesses. They will prophesy 1,260 days, 42 months, three and a half years, first three and a half years of the tribulation, present sackcloth, calling the people to repentance. They're like the two olive trees in the book of River, in the book of Zechariah. The two lampstands give light, standing before the God of the earth. And of course, as you know, they, they were killed. Uh, verse 7, when they finished their testimony for three and a half years, the beast kills them off. And their dead bodies were left for that period of time in verse 8. And look what Jerusalem is called. It's called Sodom and Egypt. Sodom. Just a little aside here. Something I read the other day. In Let's go back to Matthew 24. A little diversion which I think you'll enjoy. I, I was really thrilled when I read this. We don't, Tom, sorry, we, we yeah. don't know who the two witnesses are, do we? No, no idea. No, don't think it's Moses and Elijah or Enoch. We don't know who they are. That's up to the Lord to decide who they are. But in Matthew chapter 24, would you go back there with me? It's an interesting point, especially in the days in which we live, and I mean that. You see, in verse 36, it says that no one knows the hour, not even the angels, but the Father only when the Lord comes. But as the days of Noah, now think about that. As the days of Noah, what the Noah's days were like, the age in which he lived, it would be like that at the coming of the Son of Man, Jesus. Well, we're heading that way, aren't we? Then it says, verse 38, about the time of Noah, for as in the days before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they didn't know about the 
blood coming source will be the coming of the Son of Man in verse 39. Right? Now we know also when it comes to Lot it's interesting that regarding the days of Lot it says they were all together they were living just like the time of uh, Noah eating and drinking but it does not say marriage. Isn't that interesting? In the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, there's no marriage. It's missing. There's homosexuality and sodomy. No marriage. And that's developing today. I thought I just mentioned that. I read that the other day. That came as a flash of light. Days of Noah, marriage. Before the end of the hour. The days of Sodom, after this, and Gomorrah, no marriage is mentioned. And you can check that out in Luke, actually. Just thought I'd mention that, because we're living in those days of not only Noah and Lot. It's somewhere in, in Luke. I think it's Luke. I wonder where it is. It's an interesting look, isn't it? might be chapter, is it 17? Uh, yes, in chapter 17. Yeah, chapter 17 of Luke. Let's go there. Then. Might be helpful. Luke 17. And again, it speaks about the coming of the Lord and the suddenness in verse 22. And uh, verse 26 speaks about the days of Noah. Just like in Matthew, same as the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, given in marriage and so on. Verse 28, likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. No marriage. I think that's quite significant. I've never seen that before. I thought I'd share it. But living in the days of no marriage. Cohabitation, homosexuality, lesbianism, men and women living together, no marriage. That's growing and growing and growing <coughs> today. Mm. I think that's very interesting. Mm. I thought I'd share that. I'd never seen it before. I checked it out the other day. All right, let's get back to this one then. So we can't be surprised, can we? No. Things are going to be no. waxing worse and worse. Yeah. So the trumpet, the last trumpet we've got here for the church is going to be a sudden trumpet whereas the angel in the book of Revelation is preparing to sound it but the time is not yet he begins a preparation to sound the trumpet there's a delay there's no delay when the trumpet of God sounds the archangel's voice sounds we're gone there's no delay see the contrast between the two that's very important and we are going to be called up to meet the Lord in the air Whereas the trumpet judgments relate to what's happening on the earth. Again, contrast, you see. Just coming towards an end now. So the seventh trumpet sounds out over a period of time as the preparation is for the coming of the Lord of his kingdom. And that period of the trumpets and then the bowls they cover a short period of time, but it's not instantaneous. One follows the other. You check the bowl, trumpet judgment, then follows the bowl judgment, you see? 
as well. And in the Greek, there's a special tense in the Greek. It means when it speaks about the mystery of God. Now, in a sense, the church is a mystery. Not revealed in the Old Testament. And the mystery of God has already been finished. Because the church is completed and gone. Long before these events to take place. And the seven trumpet judgments. And especially the last, very last trumpet to bring the Jews back home. Matthew 24, 31. And when it comes to this Revelation 11:15 trumpet, it's with a view to the Lord setting up his kingdom on this earth, not meeting him in the air. That's an important thing. For the Lord to come for the church will be a secret only for us. Nobody else will know. We're suddenly going to be gone. They won't hear the trumpet. All the voice of the archangel suddenly gone will disappear like that. But you see, all the other trumpets, they'll all be displayed, all the events of the terrible judgments on the earth. They'll all see that. And when the Lord comes again, they'll all see him, they'll survive, because over half of the world's population will be killed in all the various events and judgments of God. 712, actually, if you want the accuracy of it. But then the coming of the Lord, you see, that is coming. Well, of course, the world doesn't prepare for that. They don't believe he's going to come back. But you see, here, the Lord has his kingdom in mind, not the church. In 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians 4, he has a church in mind. But when we look in Revelation 11 about the preparation and the sounding of a trumpet, the kings of this world become the kingdom of the Lord. It's kingdom. Not the Lord's coming for the church. Again, totally separate times. So, you can't link those trumpets and the final <coughs> trumpet to gather the Jews back. Can't confuse it with the trumpet of the Lord sounding for the church to instantaneously go to be with him. We're going to be called up to meet the Lord and we're going to be his bride. Just mention about bride in Revelation 11. We don't read about that until we come back with him as in Revelation 19. And of course, our call to meet the Lord will be pre-tribulational. As I said, we don't experience the wrath of God. <coughs> Several places in the New Testament relate that. So we have a pre-tribulation rapture long before these seven trumpets sounded in the book of Revelation and all the implied judgments as well. So we go to meet the Lord before the tribulation. All these other trumpets sound in the tribulation. See the distinction. So I hope I've perhaps related sufficient there. And uh, the mystery, the church is a mystery. We looked at before in Romans and in uh, Ephesians and in Colossians. The church is a mystery not revealed in the Old Testament. But the judgments of God are revealed in the Old Testament sufficient number of times, let alone the New Testament. So the trumpet of the Lord shall sound. The voice of the archangel instantly will go to be with the Lord. Amen. Totally Praise different. God. All these other trials yet to come. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for the difference. Amen. 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 Amen.